Welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I am honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 19 of season four of This Osteopathic Life. I come to you live from Chicago in the Intercontinental Hotel where I have just concluded my participation in the Mayo Rise for Equity Conference, the second annual event that they have hosted. And actually, I intended to record a podcast on Friday this week and really the days blurred together a bit. I arrived on Thursday early in the day and it kind of felt like two days transpired, which would have made that Friday. And yet still I'm here the day following Friday. But I think this is perfect timing as I am here at the end of this experience, which is of course the beginning of many more amazing experiences to come and offering a reflection which is an integral part of that first part of the acronym RISE on the experience and also noticing the integration on how the concepts here presented really do reflect and support the health of all things and offer us an opportunity to really take in all that has been offered to us and integrate it, filter it through, and then offer back what we can utilizing our own strengths, another component from RISE. So this experience is dedicated to examining the challenges around diversity, equity, and inclusion in medicine, and also very much focused on solutions. So we need that both and experience. We have to know where we are, what the history has been, what has been happening, what things have worked, what haven't worked. And from there, we can begin to plan what will move us more effectively toward the future that we want to see. Now, that future vision as well is something that if we can gather together and bring more voices to the table, that was a common theme from this experience. If we are adequately and robustly recommending, excuse me, and reflecting and representing, there it is, there's the R word I was looking for, all of those who are involved and impacted by the lack of diversity, equity, and inclusion in the practice of medicine the better chance we have to make adequate and meaningful improvements, sustainable change, and create a system that does support all to feel welcome, included, seen, heard, supported, and cared for in the practice of medicine. I'm going to offer you here my perspective because that is the one that I have direct access to, my own lived experience of being here at the Mayo Rise for Equity conference. And I encourage you to Follow that on social media, hashtag Mayo Rise for Equity, and witness all the beautiful and powerful, inspiring, brilliant wisdom that was shared here from lived experience, from data. We saw so many times the importance of marrying those two to really create an effective argument for and support of bringing forward meaningful action, initiatives, policy, programs that can support this in medicine. And if you have had the experience of not feeling adequately or at all seen, heard, represented, acknowledged, honored, respected, reflected in the practice of medicine, 
perhaps you're a physician colleague who is listening to this, perhaps you're a healthcare professional in a different specialty in space, perhaps you are a patient, which all of us have been at one point, who has not felt that they have been fully seen and welcomed in the system. This is an opportunity for you to consider what would that look like? How would that feel? What would some practical measures be? What at the grassroots level, at the local level, could change to support you? And where could you begin to make that known, to speak that out, to become an advocate? With whom could you connect and create an allyship so there would be strength in the power of your voices united? What about on a broader scale? Are you aware of, or can you see how perhaps policy might be impacting this? And can you have an influence there with your vote, with your words, with your education, learning more, becoming more informed about what is happening? And how are you processing the information that is provided to you around this and knowing when it's skewed and when it is accurate? How are we able to filter through all of what might sometimes feel like noise and distraction or demonstrative ways of being rather than practical, pragmatic, meaningful, actual shifts. Now here, absolutely, we'll look at some solutions. And I had the opportunity to present on how we have found success in moving forward and even for moving the needle a small amount on the scale toward a more equitable experience for all. And also opening up the question and the possibility for where we might go and certainly acknowledging the work we have yet to do. So I'm just going to really walk you through my experience of these past three days of the conference and of the surrounding engagement as well, because it all plays into part of it. And I very much do acknowledge that participation here is a privilege being able to travel and to be in the space and to be part of the faculty. I recognize and acknowledge and honor all of that. And I was able to arrive early in the morning and with a lot of gratitude was able to enter into my room early because, and if this happens for you, prior to travel, I'll often stay up later than I planned and somehow take care of tasks that have been outstanding for weeks, but in those few hours when I should be resting and preparing for a trip, that seems like the great time and I have the most motivation and energy to actually follow through on those tasks. And so it was a relatively small amount of sleep and every time, I have to acknowledge the impact of that with uh, Dr. Fungay, who has been on the podcast in the past and recognizing I cannot make up for that and sleep is absolutely important and valuable. So examining my habits and behaviors around travel is something to consider as it does open up a bit more in the coming year. I am returning to the speaking circuit in the participation as a student in conferences circuit. And so being mindful of that patterning and how that impacts our health which is always what we are honoring here on this podcast. And so on arrival, thankfully able to come to the room and rest, right? practicing that, resting, and then taking in the surroundings. The Intercontinental Hotel in Chicago is a beautiful building with a particularly spectacular pool. And I actually am remiss to say I did not enter the pool on the first day for a variety of reasons and schedule and not wanting to have goggle lines on my face if I'm being very honest about it as a presenter on that day. But I was able to engage in some activity. Normally, I would take to the water and run. As I've shared in different channels, I've had some foot pain recently following some races, so I am 
practicing discipline, which is really hard because I'm actually I'm gazing out over Lake Michigan from my hotel room right now as I'm recording, and it's so beautiful. And my most favorite thing to do is run along the water's edge in whatever town that I'm visiting. That might be a creek or a river or a lake or the ocean. And to not be able to is challenging, but I'm going to appreciate that I can gaze upon it from here and complete this podcast episode and that I'm honoring my body and actually that the universe is looking out for me because last night my foot didn't hurt all that much. I wasn't super aware of it. And I said to myself and to a colleague, oh, you know, I might just run in the morning, you know, like what's a little run and it seems like it's okay. But both a combination of in the morning, my foot spoke to me in a different way, a different dialect that indicated, no, you will not be running today. But also just to ensure that I wasn't making that decision in a limited way, there was a pretty profound thunderstorm and lightning looks much different from the 28th floor. And so that also precluded my opportunity to run. So in any case, I was able to move and I was able to rest and I was able to nourish. I found some beautiful food uh, at Sweetgreen, actually, which I didn't realize was a chain. And I usually try to stick to specifically local spaces and also food that I cannot get at home when I'm in a city traveling. But I will say this met all of the amazing criteria I had, which was really vegetables and efficiency as I was on my way to present. And I want to give a shout out to that location on Ontario Street in downtown Chicago. Very kind staff, very efficient, very helpful, supported my choices and helped me with recommendations. So I much appreciated that. And so as that wrapped up, I was able to arrive at the beginning of the conference, which started in the afternoon, and take in the opening comments and also begin to meet people with whom I've interacted, with whom I've worked on Zoom for a number of years. And it's such a fascinating experience to go from heads on the screen to the full body experience and also you know, dressed for a conference, which for me is new, working from home and working virtually, creating that space and stepping back into that version of oneself. And it was inspiring from the beginning. And so RISE is an acronym, right? And it stands for Reflect, Inspire, Strengthen, and Empower. And we've already heard those words just in the opening moments of this podcast. And it really does live its name. It lives its mission. And it is RISE using all of those things for equity in the practice of medicine and hosted by the Mayo Clinic and also with faculty from outside institutions, organizations as well. And just being in that space where that is the focus and everyone is present for that shared purpose already is so energizing. And to know that you're not alone in your struggles in the practice of medicine, but also in your mission to make change, right? To bring health to medicine as we do in coaching for institutions or to be for the health of all things as we are at this osteopathic life and to honor and witness how that is already effectively being carried out all across the country and broadly internationally, of course, as well. And to see as well the continued challenges and to be able to, in that space, engage in solutions. Oh, I hear what you're saying. And actually, we've had success doing this here at our institution. And here's what I think might help for you. What support do you need? Can I connect you to this person? And while, of course, we've had to limit our engagement in in in-person events for COVID, and of course, it is still happening and measures were taken to be preventive and proactive around COVID for this conference, But I forget, when you're removed from something, you kind of let yourself maybe not miss it for the sake of being in the moment and working with what you have. And there have been so many gifts of working virtually. Like I said, I've been working with these colleagues for years, having not met them. That would not have happened, likely, right? Maybe a small percent chance, but pretty much unlikely. I'm going to say very unlikely. 
to have happened without the pandemic and the shift to virtual and this progress toward working across houses of medicine. And so I'm honoring that gift and it has offered me a lot of flexibility in my time and in my schedule and also in my scope and my reach in the scale of what I'm able to do through my work expanding the osteopathic concept into coaching and into programs nationwide. So absolutely, yes. But there is also something to that in-person, present moment experience. That's leading me here right now to have this energy, and maybe you hear it. If you listen to all my different episodes, they all have different levels of energy based on the concept, based on the moment in which they're recorded. But this one, it's like, I can't even keep it all in, right? There's so much to say. And I'm also continuing. I'm going to give you the narrative, watching these beautiful sailboats go by in the distance. So in that space, and I am one who takes notes at a conference, and I always have in school, I was a scribe. And it helps me to stay engaged. I love the act of writing it down. It puts it into my brain in a different way. It keeps me focused. I like to organize things on the page and I can remember it and come back to it. But it also gives me space for when ideas come through. And we're just going to let the sounds of the city roll in the background here. Because what I forgot, having not been in that physical conference space, and I did in the fall last year, but that's still many months from now. And I will say, too, that Mayo Rise for Equity has a different energy because of the specificity of what it's seeking, because of the unique composition of the participation in the space, and because of the hopefulness and the dedication to this shared mission. And so when I'm taking my notes as we're sitting in the lecture hall to stay warm, yes, of course, And I also have space on the page to let ideas come through and ideas everywhere. And some things that are familiar and have been long standing in my head and in my heart that I write again, some that are coming through for the first time, some that are coming into clarity and into focus in a new way. It's just welcoming that and having that paper in front of me and just letting myself let everything come out onto the page. And that was the opening half of that first day. And then in the second half, I had the great honor and opportunity to share the stage with Dr. Shika Jain and researchers and leaders from Mayo, Karen Mellum and Sherry Chesek. And we were presenting on a pilot program where we utilize coaching as an intervention to support women in medicine, looking at specific measures around microaggressions, burnout, imposter phenomenon, belonging. And we also included leadership and decision-making in that space. And we are compiling the results of that, and there will be future publications on it. So I will keep you posted as those come through. But looking at the power of coaching in that space, and to me, it really struck me that rise, and that was the framework through which we brought this forward, really is an integral part of way that we utilize coaching. And that coaching is a flexible intervention to address any number of issues. And it's not a one-size-fits-all, but it is a flexible framework that is a malleable enough tool that if it's microaggressions or leadership development, we can utilize the concepts in the practice of coaching to help support that. And for me, as we're here at This Osteopathic Life bringing this forward, coaching itself is an expansion of the osteopathic concept. It is focused on that inherent capacity for self-healing, that the wisdom is within the person. And the opportunity of the coach or the osteopathic physician is to 
be in that space, hold space, reflect, ask questions, offer inquiry, so that the individual is able to see that which they wouldn't on their own. And for me, I'm sitting next to a mirror adjacent to this view outside the window, and a mirror is a great way to consider coaching and is part of that opening letter of rise, reflect. So we can reflect ourselves, right? We can reflect internally. We can reflect onto paper. We can see where we have been. We can notice past habits and patterns. And that is one way reflect can come into play. But reflection also happens in the mirror. And a mirror is the only way we can see ourselves besides a photo. But we cannot see our own face from within our body, right? It requires an external source to show that back to us. And a a mirror, or sometimes multiple mirrors in concert, can show us blind spots and spaces. For example, if you were braiding your hair and want to see the back of it, or look at something that's on your back, or get a different view. You need a mirror, and sometimes more than one, to be able to access that part of yourself. Is it part of you? Absolutely. Does it look as it does if you're seeing it or not seeing it? Absolutely. Can it be helpful to have that visual? Absolutely. And so a coach can offer that up to you, can be that reflection. Hey, do you notice this? When you say that, this is what I hear. Tell me more about that. And so we can create access to blind spots that are not otherwise available. And so when I think about rise, and I think about R, and I think about reflect, I notice that important role of a coach in that space. And reflecting back to you the best of yourself, because so many times... We are quick to diminish, ignore, deflect, minimize that which is amazing and beautiful and unique and a gift that we have. And a coach can hold space and allow you to step into that. And I see that too in my practice as an osteopathic physician, reminding you, especially when patients would come in and say, oh, you know, my bad knee. And instead shifting that dialogue to not ignoring and not neglecting and not pretending away pathology, but saying like, what is that knee able to do? And why is that where we're focusing our energy? And how can we both, yes, address challenges and complications and somatic dysfunction, musculoskeletal abnormalities in that area, and also honor the health of the whole and see how there is integration available there. So reflect is such a powerful opportunity to see where we have been and to acknowledge patterns that exist and also to see ourselves and to recognize that we are reflected by others in their responses to us in the world. And if we're thinking through the lens of diversity, equity, and inclusion, how are we seeing ourselves reflected? How are we reflecting others back to themselves? How are we reflecting ourselves out into the world? And I offer that to you as a contemplative consideration. The I is for inspire. And if I think about, let's go to osteopathic medicine first. The inspiring aspect of osteopathic medicine for me has always been the inquiry and the challenge to the current normal and to say, well, this is the current standard. And if we're not achieving the results that we would like, and initially, right, that was in general care of health at the time that osteopathic medicine began. But in this moment, and specific to this conference, right, we are not achieving the result that we would like to see in diversity, equity, and inclusion in medicine. So what are the standards of care right now? And how can we begin to say, what more is there to offer? How can we approach this differently? How can we implement structure 
that supports better function within our systems. And sometimes it requires demolition. We got to break down past experiences and policies and then build back up in a more functional way, in a more thoughtful way. Systems that are going to support the inclusion and the promotion and the support and sustainability of a diverse practice of medicine and equity and inclusion in the experience for the patients. Let's look at that through coaching. And the inspiration comes from the individual, not from the coach. Now, the coach is holding space, asking those questions, but the realization and there, too, a sustainable act of inspiration comes from the individual to say, oh, that's how I can, would, should, might do this. This is my capacity. This is my capability. And that wisdom, that brilliance is coming from within. Then we look at strengthen. And now here it's fascinating. We'll go coach first on this. So the coach is not doing the work for you. We can pretty much relate to coaches in athletics. And a coach in athletics might have similar experience. Sometimes it is a former basketball player coaching a current NBA team. Sometimes it's not, right? Sometimes it's someone who is only familiar with the sport but hasn't actually played it themselves. Or it's someone who has perhaps been in the sport but not gone nearly as far as the athlete whom they are coaching is already along the way or has the potential to go. But the coach can help guide you along the path of what's going to be most effective for you and still drawing in that reflect and inspire, they're going to hold space for you and reflect back to you what you might be missing. And that might be for me when I coached in my CrossFit gym, direct feedback on a lift, right? You're rounding your back, you know, chest forward and hips down, press through your feet. We can give some cues, but you are doing the work in your own body and moving that weight. We're not picking the barbell up for you. Similarly, in osteopathic medicine, if we're talking about strengthening. That is where we, again, continue that focus on what is well with you. How can we accentuate and honor and shift the focus there? And from that, we're going to bring the eye in too. These are integrated, right? You inspire the rest of the system toward health by staying in that space of what is working and honoring the majestic design of the human body and letting that come forward. So we're thinking about strengthen through osteopathic philosophy and through coaching and into that space of diversity, equity, inclusion, and how do we incorporate this? Well, we can look at the system and say, well, what has worked well and how can we build on that? How can we do more of those exercises that have proven effective? I'm using a a general and a broad physical fitness model here. How can we honor that which might be our weakness? So if we are particularly good at those endurance events, Right? So we can run more, but we might realize, oh, we need actually more mobility here. Right? So if we do have some sustainable programs and they are able to see and go the distance, but we need to be more flexible on who we welcome in. Right? We recognize where we might have a weakness, where we might have neglected to address a certain component of our physical capacity, of our philosophical capacity, of our programmatic capacity. We're talking about institutions and systems. And so that's where strengthening comes into play. And that's where coaching and the osteopathic concept can support that absolutely in the space of diversity, equity, and inclusion. The E is for empower. And we can see how these all build. And I love that there are four letters and there are four osteopathic tenets. And the first three are really all tied up in that final one. 
Because when we reflect and we're willing to take a deep examination of where we have been and what we are doing, be honest about it, be willing to look for our blind spots and take a full view, hopefully with minimal judgment, without shame, but with that clear lens. Oh, this is where we are, right? And this is what we have yet to accomplish. And then we inspire and we recognize what are our unique gifts? What do I have to offer here? And how can that be a positive contribution? We talked a lot about belonging in our pilot, but also in uh, one of the closing sessions here today on this final day. And we brought that through and belonging, right? Involves connection and contribution. It also involves comfort, but it also then, and I will put uh, resources in the notes here for this episode, action-taking, right? So that contribution, what can we do here? And we're inspired to bring that forward. And then we strengthen, right? We see where we absolutely are already strong. We notice where our weaknesses are and we adjust our training plans and our programs accordingly. From there, we are empowered to take this forward out of a contemplative space and into a action-oriented space. And we can empower ourselves by shifting our thoughts. We talk about that in coaching. How would you need to feel to take that meaningful action? I would need to feel confident. And to be confident, I would say, I am the person to do this. I have the experience. I'm willing to listen. I am a strong and capable leader. And from the osteopathic space, to notice that it requires our active engagement to be part of the solution. And whether that is in the listening so that we can be a better ally and advocate and mentor, whether it is leveraging the privilege we do have, acknowledging our experience and expanding the circles with whom we engage. So empower and bringing that forward. So that is overall theme, you know, and for me, seeing the opportunity I had to work directly through coaching and some core teaching concepts with successful participants in the practice of medicine and in the health sciences. And then recognizing, right, there are spaces. That is a narrow circle. And so how do we expand this? And how do we open it up? And how do we get to those levels prior to being already in the houses of medicine and open up that space so we can be supportive of the health of all things, bringing health to medicine in a way that is more effectively inclusive and aware and and playing the long game recognize that we have to begin now in order to shift the results in one, five, 10, 20 years. So the end of that first day was a reception and put me on stage and had me host a panel. Absolutely. Put me in a crowded room and ask me to make a new friend. That can be a challenge. And I am socially adept and I enjoy connecting with people, particularly in the one-on-one setting, but large groups, not always my forte. And again, coming out of COVID and having not been in group settings, there can be some challenges to that. But thankfully, I had a brilliant table mate and our first task was to make a friend and find someone who had been to the RISE program the year prior. And this person met both of those criteria and ended up sharing dinner with me the first night, which was beautiful and perhaps the highlight of my time here, which is saying a lot because it was a most inspiring weekend. But I did manage to go around the room and relatively awkwardly say, we're supposed to make friends and let me say hello. And many people had attended the session 
where I was part of the panel. And that's always a nice way to break the ice and share what you're doing and learn more about what they are doing and how there are parallels and overlap and where there might be gaps that could be filled. And so that first night wrapped and was a success. And we'll go relatively quickly through the second two days because I don't like to go overly long on the podcast episodes and really highlighting the bulk of the rise experience is the goal here. I think we've touched on that pretty completely. And the second day I had put down the night curtains, the light blocking, because there are a lot of lights in the city, but I also realized how much natural light helps you to awaken. And I thought, oh, it's still dark, continue to sleep. And I had, again, pre-conference exercise plans that did not come to fruition. And I've shared with you that yoga has been really helpful for me. So I just chose 11 sun salutations. Once I did open up and see that the sun indeed was present and accounted for, and then enter into the full day of sessions. And now I will say for having not been conditioned to sit in teaching sessions and lectures, but also discussions and small groups. And I would say that the variety here at the Mayo Rise for Equity Conference was most valuable because it did change it up, gave it different energy throughout the course of the day. I didn't feel that fatigue that can sometimes come along with being sat at a table all day. Again, the note-taking and the variety of the speakers and their stories and the data that they presented all together was really powerful. And I continued to write furiously and feel ideas come through and actually step into some creation of different posts for Living Conceivable and for coaching for institutions and yes, some plans for how this osteopathic life will continue to evolve. And so that day was really spent in that state of gratitude and intake more than anything, leading to some output in the evening. And I had the opportunity to meet up with a physician coach colleague, again, someone with whom I've worked for two years and consider a close friend, but have not met in person. And we had the opportunity to share a meal and time together and just find, again, where that was common ground moments are, our shared mission, vision, and purpose, the opportunities we have for collaboration and support on the professional and on the personal level. So that day wrapped and I did step into the pool briefly and it was amazing, palatial, you know, and I shared the photo with a friend who said, wow, if I ever had an indoor pool, I would want it to look like that. And absolutely. <laughs> and if ever there's an opportunity or a budget, it would be brilliant to design, but for now, I'm grateful it exists and hope in the future when I'm in Chicago, I will be able to participate again. And from there, the next day began, and as I share with you, thunderstorms, so there would be no running that happened. And I set forth into the conference and actually participated in the beautiful food. I don't often eat in the morning, but the food is beautiful, and it was present in there, and I checked in and was ready enough to eat it and did and met up with my friend from the first night and participated in the morning sessions. Once again, just seeing so many different ways that health is represented in medicine through the diversity of the participants, both at the expert level and those who are sharing from their patient level, which is its own expertise, expertise in oneself, and the willingness to really dive in and to share stories and the diligence and the dedication to researching and gathering information and processing and presenting it so that we do have foundational elements that are sound so we can present them to organizations and say, look, this is what's missing. This is what makes a difference. 
bring these forward and support the individuals in your institution and for those for whom you care. And as it wrapped, just now within the hour here, recognizing the amazing teamwork that went into the creation of the event, seeing the beautiful way that the staff of the hotel supported the event, recognizing how individuals paid attention to and also were inspired by today what I felt was so many ideas coming through. So the notes shifted to really letting come forth all that this is inspired and seeing the power of a conference, especially Mayo Rise for Equity, to say, what is it you're doing? What is it that you're doing well? And how can this apply? How can you filter this always through the lens of improving, supporting, nurturing, diversity, equity, and inclusion in medicine? And for me, as I continue this mission through the sociopathic life and continue to be for the health of all things, I can't think of a better way to really dig in and dive in and make meaningful change than to apply these concepts, to expand the conversations, to listen and seek resources in spaces that are distinct from where I spend much of my time, to seek mentorship from those who have different experiences from me, to offer mentorship to those who are looking for support and would benefit from someone who has been in the practice of medicine and how I can reach out in that way. And to really simply always ask that question, right? How can this be a more diverse, equitable, and inclusive experience? And to notice how that absolutely is for the health of all things. I recommend you investigate if you are anywhere in the practice of medicine, and even if you are not as a patient, right? This is also looking for more voices and perspective. Check out Mayo Rise for Equity. The meeting will be in August next year in Minneapolis. And find that on the website and consider how any of these questions, any element of rise can be applied to you in your personal life, in your professional life, in the next meeting where you might ask a question and how you might invite someone else to the table to offer a voice that isn't always heard. And I thank you as always for joining me. This is Dr. Millie Beakey with The Sociopathic Life. Thank you for listening.